take your liberty tonight. Preach to me. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord, as your pastor said. I was thinking of something that my pastor said. He was at a, a large conference, and they were singing that song, dance, 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 all night long. And they had sung it for about 15 minutes. And finally, this old man of God leaned over and said, dance all night. I can't even sleep all night. <laughs> well, well <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> I, uh, I awoke this morning at the regular time at 3 o'clock. And um, when I did, um, the Lord asked me a question. He asked me, he said, how... Can people know my will if they don't hear my voice? And so I'm, I'm going to consider tonight the, the voice of God. That's the subject tonight. I won't say anything your pastor hasn't already said, but I do want to affirm what he said. Um, sometimes, I guess... I have to confess that I'm just a little different. I preach slow, Brother Wiggum. But I want to explain to these people, I preach slow because I think slow. I, I have heard people <laughs> preach fast, and they said some things they didn't mean to say. <laughs> so everything I say tonight, I want to say it with purpose. All right, all right. So, so I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, and I'll let you be seated. 1 Corinthians 14.10. And while you're turning there, it is a privilege to be here with you all and your pastor and his good wife. And um, I, I will explain this to I did explain it to Brother Wiggum, but he probably understood, and I didn't have to explain it to him. But I don't go on another man's platform unless he asks me. That This is a holy place to me. And, and um, I just do it more out of respect, I guess. And I, I was raised... Catholic, and they respect what they do, and here we're in the truth, and I think we ought to respect what we do. You know, I think we, we should honor this place of worship, I really do. And so, so, if I seem strange to you, I probably am, but with good reason. I've just been taught some things that some people are never taught. Um. 1 Corinthians 14.10, there are, it may be, many kinds of voices, and none of them without signification. And 1 John chapter 10 and verse 4 and 5, the latter part of verse 4 says, And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. The latter part of verse 5 says, And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Would you pray with me one more time, and I'll let you be seated, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, God, for your spirit. I pray for the anointing tonight would rest on the rest of this service. Put your word in my mouth. Let my mouth and my tongue be as the pen of a ready writer. God, I want to say something that would help this people and encourage this good man of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated tonight. Amen. Now, now, I don't, 
I don't have any manna tonight. I don't have any manna, but I got a little corn. And um, I'm not a, a thoroughbred racehorse. I'm just a plow horse, so I go slow, go slow. But I, I want to I explain uh, something to you that maybe this will help you. There's four things that I pray for on a regular basis. Number one, I pray for a right spirit. I pray for a teachable spirit, number two. Then I pray for a humble spirit. And lastly, I pray for a spirit that's easily entreated. Now, why do I pray for those four things? Because I know me better than anybody else. And Brother Riggin, without God and without prayer and without the touch of the spirit, I'm mean, I'm nasty, I'm ugly, I'm hateful. I'm abusive. I'm intolerant. Brother, before I met God, my conscience didn't work. I had no conscience. Now, you might do all of this stuff automatically. I don't. I have to pray for it. Just being honest. And there are, there are three things that I want to take with me throughout every day. I want to take a censor for God. I want to take a basin for my brethren. And I want to take hot coals for my enemy. I want to take worship wherever I go. I want to take forgiveness and submission wherever I go. And I want to be able to pray for those who treat me wrongly wherever I go. So, so in, in those little things, there's a lot in there about Christian character and the things that grace will teach you if you let it. The Bible said the grace of God has appeared to all men teaching us. There are some things, there are some things that God will teach you himself if you'll listen. And we're going to talk about that. But if you don't listen, then it's his job to bring it to you again until you will listen. But if God can somehow put those things in your heart and you'll hear Him, He'll write them on the tables of your fleshly heart. You, brother, you won't have to fight them to get the Word in them. You see, I'm telling you from experience what I know to be true. That my, my Adamic nature doesn't like the Word. <laughs> it doesn't like change. And so... So I have to do these things. I have to do them every day. So, so let's move on here. We're, we'll get away from that stuff for now because I can see you're getting nervous. So words. Let's talk about words for a second. My wife is in the habit of saying, you know, uh, it's not what you say sometimes. It's the way you say it. It's the spirit in which you say them. And I, I know that words have substance and they have weight. They are the material with which you build the reality you live in. You speak words and they set the mood and direction of a conversation or even a message. And you speak doom and gloom like chicken little and pretty soon the sky's falling in and, and, and you're, you're digging a hole of despair and depression and stress 
that not only becomes the house you live in, it becomes the grave that you're buried in. All because of words. Words. Or you can speak faith and encouragement and hope and promise and strength and renew and all those other good things, and it too becomes the house or the reality in which you live. It becomes a fortress for you. And, and in, my, in my walk with God, I've come to a place several years ago where I refuse to be around negative people. I would sooner be alone than be with someone that's negative. Because their words affect me, whether I want them to or not. I can't shut them off. And so I'm very careful what goes in here because what goes in here stays in here. So we're going to consider the voice of God because he spoke words. You don't read very far in your Bible until you read the words, and God said. All the way to Revelation, God was speaking. All the way until he said, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. All the way to the end, God was speaking. His voice was going out. And, and, and I, I thought in prayer, um, you know, the best way I can say this is that that radio station they broadcast all the time, and sometimes my wife gets in and switches the channel around, and I don't like what she plays, so i got to switch it back to what I play. And really what I'm doing, I'm tuning in to what the broadcast station that I like is sending out. And there is in you, somewhere in your makeup, a little dial in there that you've got to, you've got to learn to tune in to the voice of God. It's something that you learn you cultivate it now here I go brother Regan when I was a kid there was a place underneath of a bridge where somebody had planted cultivated strawberries in the path and they forgot about them and one day I was looking for wild strawberries and I nudged my brother and I said come over here look at this over here and he said what is it I said look at the size of these wild strawberries of course he's He's quite a bit older than I am. He said, son, them's not wild strawberries. Them's cultivated strawberries. But let's pick them anyhow. <laughs> and you'll find that the voice of God has to be cultivated. So what does the voice of God sound like? I'm glad you asked. Number one, I would say, it's been my experience, that it sounds like the voice of my pastor. See, God's never going to tell you something that doesn't sound like something he'd say. There's just something about it when you get accustomed to the voice of your pastor. And you go pray, and God does talk to you. It sounds so much like your pastor. Oh, you don't have scripture for that. Well, actually, I do. Samuel's sleeping. Samuel! Runs to Eli. You called me. No, I didn't. Go back to sleep. Samuel! You called me. No, I didn't. Go back to sleep. And it took old Eli three times to recognize God was talking to Samuel. Why did Samuel go to Eli? Because the voice of God sounded like the voice of Eli. And so when you consider the voice of God, what does it sound like? It sounds like his voice. It sounds just like something Pastor Riggin would say. You know, when God chose to speak, he used a rooster, not a chicken. 
go and learn what that means. The Bible said the dumbass speaking with a man's voice. Go learn what that means. That little phrase has got me out of a lot of problems, brother. <laughs> so what does it sound like? I just I can tell you this, that the voice of God is always specific. If you read Acts 10, when he spoke to Cornelius, he gave him very explicit, specific words of direction. And if you read it, when he spoke to Peter, Peter even argued with God, but he gave him specific directions. The voice of God is always clear. I don't have to guess what he said. I don't have to go to someone and say, well, this is the gist of it. Can you imagine? <laughs> we were in a service one night, and supposedly the Lord spoke a tongues interpretation, and the guy said, well, uh, he said, I, 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 don't, I don't have the interpretation, but here's the gist of what God was saying. Yeah, you're full of baloney. God's very clear when he speaks. You won't have to guess, was this God? It's very direct. The voice of God is very direct. It was to Nicodemus. It was to Peter. Now, oh, I don't know whether you'll agree with this, but I think the voice of God gives hope, not fear, when you're living right. If you're not living right, when God does speak, it's a terrible sound. It's a fearful sound. He never speaks in generalities. Whether it is across the pulpit or whether it's through the gifts of the Spirit, he never speaks in generalities. Like, you know, you know, thus saith the Lord. I love thee, saith the Lord. I'm come back someday and it's sunny outside. No, God don't say that. He does not do that. The voice of God is always 100% accurate. Not 80%, not 90%. Always it is accurate, and it is very decisive. Peter found that out. Listen, quit arguing. All them critters on that, that sheet, they're all good to eat. So, so how, else, how else does it sound? Well, maybe it sounds like this. Maybe when you're reading Scripture, you know, you've heard it say, oh, it just jumped out at me. Well, maybe that could be a possibility. What about, what about, well, I felt this impression on my mind. <laughs> I felt a strong feeling. Well, can I say this kindly, that impressions and strong feelings are just exactly what they are. They're impressions and strong feelings. And impressions, why they last, and feelings can and often do change, so I wouldn't hang my hat on impressions and strong feelings. If I was going to hang my hat on something, it'd be what come across this pulpit what I could read in the Word. So I, I run all of these things by the man of God in my life just to make sure. Now, I've had the Holy Ghost since 1974 and been preaching since 75, but Brother Regan, I'm not that dumb. I can miss it if I just think, oh, I can just hear from God. No, 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 no. That's why God gave me a pastor. I run all this by the man of God. So, but why, why would God speak to us? 
That's a good question. Well, in Jeremiah chapter 3, the prophet spoke the word and was to give warning to the people. So number one, he gives warning when he speaks. Number two, he gives direction. You know, in your Bible, in Acts 16, 16, the Holy Ghost forbade Paul to go to Asia and preach. He gives very specific direction. I think that the Word of God, when it comes, it's, it's a teaching force. It's a teaching thing. It's used, God uses it to give revelation, to, give, to open things, to unfold things, to uncover things. Now, we think of revelation as understanding the Scripture most times, but there's a whole lot more that God reveals than just Scripture. Janessa and I have this little thing, you know, she, she, they were wanting her to start a conversation with someone. She said, well, I don't know how. Well, just go poke him in the eye. That'll start a conversation with him. She, was going, she would get a revelation. But, but God does give revelation when he speaks. He gives understanding. When he speaks, he gives encouragement. He, gives, he, he uses his voice to establish. When I was first in the church, I didn't understand any of this stuff. I, you know, I was raised Catholic, and they do their thing. And so I had no knowledge of the Bible, no knowledge of God, no knowledge of nothing. And they would try and teach me this book, this Bible, and I struggled with it because I didn't know anything. I was not established. But by and by, when I began to understand some things and had some revelation in teaching, the Lord through his word, begin to establish me. Sometimes it takes others longer. It took me quite a while. <laughs> uh, he uses his word to confirm things. I can't tell you the, the number of times that I have watched God confirm his word. The preacher would say something, make a proclamation, this and this and this will happen. And it happened just like he said, because God honors the word of the man of God, just like he was speaking his word. That's what he's doing. He's conveying the mind of God to the people. And, of course, the Bible does say he sent his word and healed them, so it's for healing. He, he used it to create in Genesis. There's all kinds of reasons why God would speak. And so back to the question that the Lord asked me this morning, if you don't know the voice of God, how can you know the will of God? I don't think you can. You might be sitting out there tonight and you've been praying up a storm and fasting up a storm. And I mean, you might be doing all this stuff. But if you won't hear that man, I'll guarantee you, you will not know the will of God. So, you, you, you know, you're around church a while and someone says God speaks to them about someone. And so what do they do? They jump up and run across the church and they tell that somebody what they think God told them. That's probably not wise. Probably better if you go to your pastor and say, Pastor, this is what I think God said to me and I, I want to know if I should tell so-and-so. Why would you do that? Because he may keep you from destroying that somebody or destroying yourself. 
you just can't you just can't hear what your pastor says, but you have to do what he says. You know, I've I've been in my pastor's office the first 15 years I was in Calgary. He just wanted me in there. He he talked to people, and Brother Rigg and I've heard him tell people to do stuff, and then they went away and did what they thought that they could get by with. They didn't do what he said. This man over here in my right, he is the watchman on the wall. He sees what we cannot see. Okay, okay. So, so, so what about this? Man, I'm, I'm touching all these sacred cows. There's some things I better not talk about. I guess I, but I don't know any better. See, I'm ignorant, so it's okay, I guess. But you know, you should never just allow just anybody to quote unquote speak into your life. Don't allow just anybody to pour their thoughts and their words and their emotions into your spirit and into your mind. Why? Let me tell you. Their voice can become louder than the voice of your shepherd and those who have correct godly influence in your life. Be careful as their voice may be toxic in content in spirit. It may be packaged pretty, but it might be detrimental to your soul. You don't want just anybody filling your cup. Unknown and potentially toxic people should not be influencing you or your decisions. Now because of that, it's amazing. I, I was in a church one time here not long ago and some guy came up to me before service, and I hate that when people do that, but he came up to me and he started talking. He said, I saw your, your angel in my house. I said, really? He said, yes, it's the second time I've saw your angel in my house. Look, just like you. And he proceeded to tell me all this stuff. And he, 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 he was noted for hearing spirits talking to him and having angelic visions and seeing visions and dreaming dreams. And yet that same man would not hear the voice of the shepherd. He did not recognize what came across the pulpit. And those under the leadership of the pulpit as the voice that God could speak to him. Can I just say it like this? If you can't hear and do what's preached across the pulpit and taught across the pulpit, then all of your spiritual stuff all that does, it doesn't mean anything to me. All it does is screams really loud that you're in trouble and you don't know it. So ask yourself some questions. Is, is what people are saying, does it sound like what my pastor has taught? They're going to tell you, I got a word from God. For you. Okay. I was in another church service and with my oldest sister and her daughter-in-law and my youngest daughter. and There's a guy up front, Molly. He is evermore laying hands on people, brother, and there's all kind of shenanigans going on up there. And my youngest daughter said, you know, she said, that, that's making me nervous. I said, don't worry, he'll be back. He'll be back here, but I'll take care of it. So he come back and he, he looked at me and he said, how are you? And I said, I'm fine. He said, uh, you're going through some things. That's real good, isn't it? That's godly. That's real wisdom. He said, I want to pray for you. I said, 
I heard the voice of old Brother Moody. I said, get to praying. And as he reached his hand out and put it on my shoulder, I would look him eyeball to eyeball. He closed his eyes up, and he made a big prayer. When he opened them, I was still looking at him. And he said, you don't believe that God sent me back here, do you? I said, I don't believe God's within 10 miles of you. I said, you couldn't follow God if you had muddy feet going across a clean floor. You take your little dog and pony show and go someplace else. I don't want no part of what you're selling. And my oldest sister, she was appalled. She said, I can't believe you just said that. I said, well, you'll see. She called me two weeks later and said, guess what happened? I said, what? She said, remember that guy? I said, oh, yeah, I remember him. She said, they found out he had taken all the racks out of his refrigerator so he could stack more beer in there. Now, look. I'll stop here and say this. You ought to thank God. You got a pastor. Oh, yes. Brother Riggin, I'm going to have to take my jacket off now. You, got, you better thank God you got a pastor that that stuff don't go on here. So, so is, what, is what they're saying, does it sound like my pastor? That's what you have to ask yourself. Number two, ask yourself, are they adding something positive to me or something negative? Number three, are they what are they depositing in my mind and in my spirit? Ask yourself the question, are they taking something valuable from me? If they are spiritually sick and toxic, that is what they will put in you, is sickness and toxicity. What do I do? Stop them and tell them, I want nothing to do with what you're telling me. And walk away from them. Brother, that's hard. That's rude. Well, it's no harder than seeing your kids walk out the door backslidden because of their influence. It's no harder than seeing one of your loved ones influenced by them and they walk out the door because they listen when they shouldn't have. There's always a blackjack tree that's willing to poison the orange grove. And Douglas asked me about this, and, and I heard a little, read a little story, heard a little story about a young man that bought an orange grove, and, and when it came time for harvest, the oranges were so big and lush and orange, and he had a tremendous crop, and so he picked an orange and peeled it, and he tried to eat it, and it was so bitter. So he went to another tree, and it was the same story all over the orange grove. The oranges were beautiful, but they were bitter, and so... He wondered why he had bought it at such a cheap price. Then he found out. And so he seen an old man sitting on the front porch of the store. And he seen, uh, seen the old man. So he went up to him and he said, listen. He said, I bought that orange grove from so-and-so. He said, yeah, I wonder how long it would be before you came by. He said, what in the world is the deal with the oranges? He said, if you go to the back of the property just across the fence, you'll find you a blackjack tree. Now, that's a type of oak from what Douglas told me. And um, what happens is the, the, the toxicity from the tree poisons the orange grove. So I'm just telling you that there's always a blackjack tree somewhere that's willing to poison something good. So the question is, who will God use to speak to me? Well, let's say, let, let's first address who won't, who won't be the voice of God for you. 
Certainly not some unstable, carnal, rebellious, loose living person. They wouldn't know the voice of God. They couldn't give you the voice of God. Certainly not an Ahab or a Jezebel. So who will God use to speak to me? Thank you for asking. He can use his word, this written word. He can speak to you by his spirit, through the gifts of the spirit. And he will definitely speak to you through your pastor if you'll listen or other godly men that stand behind this pulpit. Our text said, when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. I know that Brother Riggin has probably taught this, but it bears repeating. But when I was in Israel, the shepherds were there on the hillside, and they bring all of the flocks together at night. And in the morning, they call their sheep. And when the, sh when the sheep that belong to that shepherd hear his voice, he just walks out of that sheep coat, that pen, and the, his flock follows him. How do they do that? I don't know. I just don't work. They know his voice. So I said all that to say this. You have to be careful who you listen to. It is not wise to listen to those who speak something different than this man. Let me throw this in, and it don't cost you anything, okay? There's two kinds of people interested in sheep. The shepherd and the butcher. You ought to thank God that he sent you a shepherd, not a butcher. Your pastor is the vehicle or medium through which God dispenses his word on a regular basis. Here is where you can hear the voice of God on a regular basis. Pay attention when he's talking. I found this out the hard way. My pastor used to, had, he had the habit of saying things when he was out of the pulpit, and not a lot of guys caught on. I caught on early. I'll tell you what I did. I asked God to give me the power of observation, like he gave Solomon. Solomon, you read his writings, he said, I saw this, I saw that, I saw the way of a man with a maid, a ship in the sea, serpent on He saw things because he observed. So I began to observe what my pastor would say when he was out of the pulpit. And oh, Brother Regan, the things I learned from him when he was out of the pulpit. You better pay attention even when he's not behind the pulpit. I have learned... I've learned to hear the voice of God. It took me a long time because I was ignorant. But I've learned that it's something you can cultivate. It's like those who develop an ear for music. Is that piano on over there, Brother Hilton? Just turn it on just for a second. I want to show you something. This is always good for an illustration, right? Hit me a C chord on that thing when it powers up. Okay, now this is a C chord. Hit it again. Is that a full C? Okay. Now listen. Hit it again. Hit it again. You notice the difference? If I was playing this thing, it would be like this. Because my ear is not tuned like his is. Did you ever take lessons? Did you start out taking lessons? 
So you didn't learn by ear. Okay? Now, my daughter back there, she learned by ear. I couldn't learn by ear, and I probably can't learn taking lessons. Why? Because my ear is not accustomed to it. It's not tuned to it. It's not cultivated to the sound of music. Do you understand that they, they hear music and they can go to the piano and hit the right notes? And it's always been amazing to me. All of those little black and white keys, they all mean something. They pound on them things and music comes out. But they train their ear, if you please. I read today about Mozart. And uh, Mozart, he, he wrote a piece of music that was, that was sung only every hundred years when a specific door in this specific basilica owned by the Catholic Church was opened. He was 14 when he heard it. Nobody had ever re written sheet music to it. Now, he'd been composing since he was five years old. He went back to where him and his father were staying, and he couldn't sleep, so he got up and he wrote the sheet music from memory. How could he do that? Because he had trained his ear to hear music. Now, Luke, Luke 18 and, uh, 8 and 18, uh, that's the end of the story of the, the, the story, the parable of the sower. And I mean, there's all kind of good things in there, and I understand that. But you've got you to go all the way to the end. He goes over the explanation of what the parable is about. And at the end of that explanation, he says, Therefore, take heed how you hear. I don't personally think that it was about the ground, the seed, the sower, all of that business, thorny ground. It was about hearing the voice of God. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. It's always amazed me that how some can hear preaching and grab a hold of it and it becomes a part of them and others hear the same word, the same voice, and they just continue on and live like how they want to live. You know what the deal is? Somebody took heed how they heard. Okay, so I'm almost done, but I'm, I'm thankful for a pastor that loves me enough to preach and teach me the truth. A pastor that has helped me develop a desire to hear from God. Now, I'll pitch this in. It won't cost you nothing either. But when I went to Calgary, I had already been in church for several years and gone to Bible school, graduated, and all that mess. And, and I didn't know how to pray, Brother Ricky. I thought I did. Then I heard my pastor pray. He'd get down at the altar, he'd pray. And so I got to wondering, I thought, hmm, that don't sound like anything like I pray. The light bulb came on. I got over alongside of him. And I'd just spend 30 minutes just listening to him pray. And weeks went by, and weeks went by, and weeks went by. And then he moved, and I panicked because I was just starting to feel confident enough to start talking to this unseen God that I thought I knew. And I, I, I panicked. I, I went all through the front of the church looking for him. And I finally found him. I got over alongside of him. And, and, and he stayed there for a while before service. Then he was gone totally. And I thought, where is he? Where is he? And he'd gone in his office to get away from me. 
And when he came out of the office door, he almost tripped on me because I had my ear to the door and I was trying to pray. And he said, will you please stop following me around? I said, Pastor, I'm only trying to learn how to pray. Now, I thank God for that man that helped me develop an ear to hear the voice of God through prayer. That has kept me safe. When other voices brought smooth words, sweet words, I had the man of God help me sort through them and filter the voices and know what was real and what was false. I will make confession tonight. I lean heavy on my pastor for direction. Matter of fact, before we came down here, I went to him, and I did not tell him I was going on vacation. I asked him. I said, Pastor, uh, would it be okay if my wife and I went to see my family down south? I said, now, before you answer, if you have any hesitation, any, please tell me. I won't go. That's crazy. No, I value the man of God and the safety I have in knowing he's watching out for my soul. And I know that if necessary, he would have given me a word from God. So there's so many of these voices, like the, our scripture said, none of them is without signification. They all want your attention. They all scream for attention. What you have to do is learn to develop an ear for the voice of God. Let your pastor teach you to know the voice of God. And may God give you an ear to hear what the Spirit would say, what the Word would say. Amen. Why don't you stand tonight? I, uh, I don't have all the answers tonight. I, I just have a few things that works, works for me. And um, I've watched a lot of people make shipwreck train wreck because they they didn't recognize the voice of God and it's so important I, I, I can't I can't stress enough your attitude when you come to the house of God must be preacher please preach to me please feed me your book please let me hear what God says to you don't hold back on my account, preacher. Preach to me. I've got to be saved. That, that ought to be your attitude. And so, with that, I will make my journey homeward, Brother Riggins.